Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 7th of November, 2023 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Big, big hellos go out to our fellow Hong Kongers, both here and around the world. We hear you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. And thanks to our audience for the support for our last show. This podcast is a little late, so the show has already passed, but it was as wonderful as ever, and we really love telling our stories for you. The next show is coming up on the 7th of December. Look for the information and ticketing links on the website, hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. The first story today was told live on stage in April 2023 in a show themed Ooh La La. But since this story is a wee bit short, I've added a second story on. But first, here is Jen. I was living in Taiwan about 20 years ago and doing what most people who move to Taiwan from Canada do, teaching English to adults. And I had a lot of great students. They were incredibly dedicated and hardworking. They weren't so great with picking English names. I taught a lot of fruit. I had many apples, a few cherries, and once a banana. Uh, there were a lot of cutesy names like Sweetie and Miffy and Kiki and even once a Kinky. I thought I would ask her what it meant, but then I decided I didn't want to know. Um, I, for the boys, they were much more practical. I had a guy who was in marketing who called himself Adman. Uh, I had a, a university student, I think he was into maths, so he called himself Square. Um, <laughs> lot of interesting names. And so at one point when a, a beginner three class was moving up to beginner four and we added some new students, I was really pleased that one of the new students showed up with a name that I had actually was familiar with. And he was calling himself Owen. I thought it was great, but the students in the class were very confused by it because they'd never heard the name before. Owen? Oh, am I saying it right? Owen? Owen, is that it? And then they turned to me. Is that a real name? <laughs> Yes, banana and apple, that's a real name. Um, just the poor guy was looking a little bit self-conscious. So I said, just let it go, leave him alone, let's get into our studying. And so we did, you know, the first half of our lesson and it was fine. And then it was break time and I went to the teacher staff room. And when I came back, they were kind of surrounding Owen. And he looked a little bit frightened. And then I said, what's going on? And they turned to me and said, we fixed his name didn't think his name needed fixing. And so they explained to me that they had looked at his Chinese name, the characters in it, and they'd found one of the radicals for the word bird. And so it was long enough ago when people had those uh, electronic dictionaries, and they typed in the character for bird and the character for man and informed me that now we will call him cock. <laughs> we are not going to call him that name. And they said, oh, but our dictionary say, and I, I know that's what your dictionary says, but the word cock has a very different meaning for most English speakers that's not in your dictionary, something that they're going to think of for a long time before they get anywhere near thinking about a rooster. And they, 
They were just staring at me, very confused. And I thought, oh, I need to clear this up. I need to clear this up before they walk out of here thinking this is an okay name. And the next thing you know, we have a whole generation of young Taiwanese boys who are called cock. <laughs> but clearly, words were not cutting it. These are my beginner students. And so I needed some way to show them clearly. And so I decided to draw a picture. <laughs> so I went to the whiteboard, and I drew a stick man with one extra stick. <laughs> and I pointed at it and said, that is also a cock. And I turned back to my students, and nobody was looking at me. They were all looking at the floor. And it was very quiet for about a minute. And then the young man whose name had been in question just said, my name is Owen. <laughs> and that was the end of the story. Thank you. Thanks to Jen for always keeping the classroom clean. Our second story today is from The Vault. It was first told way back in the mists of time. This is Tracy. The first time I saw the future, I was eight years old. We lived in a two-story colonial house about an hour outside of New York City, and it was the 1980s. Looking back now, at around the same age that my parents probably were then, I am sure the entire thing was cocaine and key parties. <laughs> Michael Jackson's Thriller had just come out, and we listened to it on compact disc players, which had just been invented. And everybody walked around wearing pleated front leather pants. My brother and I once sat down and tried to come up with words to describe this time in our lives, and we settled on the crisp autumn anorexia of our suburban nouveau riche, which we thought also would be a good name for a band. <laughs> anyway, the second story of our house had an open banister, so my brother and I could lay down on the beige carpet and we could look through the railing straight through to our entrance foyer. We could see the brass chandelier and the paisley wallpaper and the ornate knockered red-painted front door. It was a Friday night, and my parents' friends, the Levitts, had been over for dinner with their children. It was a Friday night, the Jewish Sabbath, Shabbat. If you're religious, it starts at sundown, and it signals the beginning of a day of rest and of prayer and of reflection. If you're not religious, like us, it begins at sundown, and it signals the beginning of happy hour. And that really is my memory of all those childhood Shabbats. My parents' friends milling around the living room, holding wine glasses like goblets with two hands, and they'd be filled with ice cubes and brimming with mass market rosé. This particular Friday night, dinner had drawn to a close. It was around 10 o'clock, and my mother was seeing the Levitts out. But you could tell, none of the adults really wanted the party to be over. They moved slowly, and they threw their heads back, laughing. My brother and I looked down on the scene, and we willed it. Just go. We were tired, and the Levitt's kids must have been tired, too. Finally, Mrs. Levitt turned, and she waggled her acrylic nails at my mother. 
She blew her a kiss. And she turned, and she herded her children out into the darkness. And it really was dark outside. It was pitch black because we lived in the suburbs. And my mother must have realized this, and she reached to turn the lights on on the driveway so Mrs. Levitt could get her kids into the car. And as she reached, Mr. Levitt reached too, but he reached for her body, and he pulled my mother to him, and they stood there, pressed against each other, smiling. I was eight years old, and I was looking down on my mother holding Mr. Levitt the same way she held my dad. I turned my head towards my brother to see if he was also watching this, and if his heart was beating, and if his eyes were wide. But if I was eight, then my brother was six, and he had a toy fire truck, and he was just running it up and down the banister, not paying attention. I turned back to the foyer, and I saw that my mom and Mr. Levitt hadn't moved an inch. Just go, Mr. Levitt has to leave. I willed it with every cell in my body. Mr. Levitt has to go far, far, far away. I never want him to come back to this house. I never want to see Mr. Levitt again. And two weeks later, Mr. Levitt dropped dead while he was jogging. <laughs> the man had been a lifetime athlete. He was a marathon runner. And yet, he dropped dead on the side of a country road. So I guess that's less like seeing the future and more knowing that I had caused it, which is a strange power for a kid like me. I mean, this child of, of boxed wine, swilling Jews, we weren't particularly religious. We never sacrificed for our faith. I mean, the most we ever did was throw around a few Yiddish words and go to other people's bat mitzvah parties. And yet, God had listened, and I had assassinated Mr. Levitt with... <laughs> just my thoughts. So, something like that. Good and evil, and ice cubes, and happy hour. And to this day, that's still how I practice my religion, with a raised glass and a terrible bottle of light pink wine. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>